I'm a massive fan of theming. The, the, the successful teams I've been in have almost always had a, had a theme aligned to them. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Wisdom Podcast. You just heard there from Andy Ellis, this week's guest. He needs no introduction, but I'll give it a go. 28 All Blacks caps winning the Rugby World Cup. 150 Crusaders appearances, also winning two Super Rugby Championships, and most recently working with Wayne Smith at the Kobe Steelers. And before we jump into the show, this is a great time to remind you that worldrugbyshop.com has all the official merchandise for the Six Nations team. They also have the largest selection of official All Blacks gear in the United States. So make sure you visit worldrugbyshop.com and wear your team's colours with pride. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good to, good to have, thanks for having me on. Now, thank you so much. So where in the world are you right now? I'm in uh, Christchurch in New Zealand at the moment. So uh, we uh, we finished up the Japanese rugby season, oh, sort of February March I suppose when when COVID really started to to play its role. Um, and yeah, been been back in New Zealand ever since. Well, that's not a bad place to be. Obviously, you guys are looking after the COVID situation pretty well, and it's awesome to see the Test match between the All Blacks and the Wallabies. What a, an epic game! At the time of recording this, it was Test one, sixteen all. Uh, do you have any any quick thoughts on that? Uh, I think, well, first of all, wasn't it just awesome to see Test Match footy again? You know, oh, yeah. there was so much excitement in, in New Zealand. I'm sure there was probably all over the world to to have a big game. Um, and, you know, the first of the four Bledisloes as well, which is which was pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought Australia were particularly good. You know, it's sort of the start of a new era for them, isn't it, with um, with Dave Rennie and what, what he's implementing there. Um, pretty world-class coach. And um, I think you can see a lot of the the little detail that he'd brought into their game um, really helped them. Um, and then on the other side, probably the All Blacks were maybe just a little bit rusty. Um, you know, just a few combinations and just just getting together, maybe some of the contacts as well. You see they probably hadn't played rugby in a, a few mm. weeks. So um, I think this, the, the next test coming up at Eden Park, I think uh, the All Blacks might be a, a lot sharper. Yeah, well, it's, it's the common uh, theme, the, the wounded animal, as it were. And now, look, I am very, very biased here with a quite a loaded question from the Northern Hemisphere. But <laughs> should they have went for a drop goal for the win? Uh, hindsight's wonderful. But um, what, what's your thoughts around that? Yeah, yeah, they probably should have. Yeah, it's not really something we do a lot here, though. We don't hmm. we don't set up for it a lot. Um, the weather is generally really good. We play, you know, most of our, our footy is through the... Um, through the through our summer and kind of into uh, early winter, I suppose. But we get mm-hmm. a lot. Most of our weather is nice, so we don't we don't practice a lot of that. We score we score a lot of tries <laughs> and kick a lot of penalties. So um, yeah, it's probably something you probably need to look at more so because um, you know going forward and when you talk about things like World Cups and stuff, it, it does come into it. And it does play a big part. No, no, that's yeah. I mean, sitting here, obviously being living in the US, but from the north, I'm like drop kick, drop kick. But I might have been saying that in the third minute as opposed to the 89th minute. So uh, <laughs> I'm very biased there. But look, uh, I really, um, I'm really pleased to have you on because I know culture is such a huge thing for you, and you've you've been involved in some wonderful cultures. But I would love to just dig a little bit deeper around this theme and and actually understand what does. What does culture mean to you and why is it important for coaches or teams to to really focus on that area? Yeah, well, that's a big question. Um, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate to be in some great 
teams um, with some great coaches. Um, you know, I've had you know Wayne Smith and Robbie Deans and Razor and um, Rob Penny, also other from other countries. You know, Alistair Kutsia, um, Gary Gold, the American kind of current coach, and all all the thing, all the the attributes with them that really stand out. As I always think of them as great teachers, um, and uh, they all have the ability to create. Um, a culture or an environment that that people really want to be a part of and when you I kind of feel when you do that you um uh yeah it's a really good way to get the best out of people because 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 the guys and 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 the girls if that's the environment that they really care you know so I think Mm. um yeah I think that's that's one of the things I, I I love about the teams I've been in is the culture and the and the real feeling of um sort of belongingness um within those groups yeah that's that's a really cool thing to so cultures like it's such I don't want to make it uh, feel like a buzzword or anything like that now but it's like it is at the kind of forefront of people's mind um how how do you go about cultivating it what does it kind of feel like like what are the experience you've had uh where you're like wow I am actually I'm belonging here yeah um it comes down to a lot of behaviors I think uh, or rituals and it and it needs to be led from the top. That's the other thing. It needs to come led from the top. The, um, the you know the head coach often, um, and it's and it's and then it sort of feeds through the group. So when I say behaviours, um, it's things like um, like greetings. You might have little things like a team handshake. Um, we all look each other in the eye, and and you create um, a sense of you know trust and and. And when someone enters the room, you acknowledge that they're there by, by you know, shaking hands and, and looking someone in the eye. It can just be little things like that. It creates that real kind of equality, I suppose. So there's that side of it. There's, there's also a lot of other, other behaviours or rituals, um, you know, a lot of imagery or symbolism, you know, when you, you come into your clubhouse or your um, whatever it is. You know, I think of the Crusaders, for example. You know, there's a big honours board that you see early on and you see all the names of everyone that's ever played for the club. Um, there's banners hanging in the in the in the um, gym of the titles that have been won. Um, all those little things like that symbolism, um, connecting sort of to to a lot of the values or the or the standards that are at the club, um, and they're up and about and, you, and they're seen every day. So you, you quickly understand sort of what they stand for. I think things like um, like sound is another one that that is that is really important. Um, so creating ritual around that, you know, uh, we never used to listen to music on the way to ground. The ground, you know, it, would, it was always a bit of a, um, you know, no go zone. You'd just be quiet and, and not say anything. But kind of evolved into having awesome big ups music playing on the bus to the ground. Um, when you're in the changing sheds, playing some big songs that, um, and you'd often go to the same songs each week. So it, it created that, you know, um, mm. really got the boys up, got them into a really good routine. Um, made, made them feel sort of good. Some guys would even be sort of bobbing or dancing in the sheds because they were so relaxed and they felt so part of what we were doing that, um, you know, it was it was really cool. You know, you think about, um, you know, like an old song you might have heard, uh, you know, from the past or when you're at high school or something. Um, mm. And, you, you know, it, it reminds you of a great party you're at with your mates and a, a really happy time. And that uh, provokes or evokes those sort of emotions again. I think it's pretty cool. So noise and sound is, I think, a really big part of um, that sort of culture as well. Um, and yeah, there are there are a lot of other things. There's things like um, you know food and smell and all these things that help 
kind of grow this this sense of of belonging and and sort of safeness with within a group um and then when you get that that's when you can really get the best out of people no i love that sorry i've been, I've been yeah, ramble on too long no yeah, you, no that was that was brilliant and there was a one thing what you mentioned there around sound and that's not necessarily something i've massively thought of uh but I normally post-match, you've got your team song, you know, you sing if you've had a win or you're in the clubhouse and you're having a good time. But also what you tend to see these days is people go in their own zone with their own headphones. And was that, are people allowed to kind of do their own things? Is it encouraged to be part of a group? How How is it managed when potentially the culture is, I'm not, I don't want to say being tested, but if people aren't necessarily going along with the flow if you if you catch my drift yeah yeah i do yeah i mean often a third of the guys will have their own headphones in anyway because that's that's part of their routine um but you know it's just arriving to the ground playing some music yeah. and sort of everyone looks at you going you know what's going on here and you sort of you look relaxed and calm and um like you're having fun but you're also really focused you know um so i think yeah that's that's probably probably part of it you you do have to respect everyone's way of going about it um and it does sometimes take time as well. Um, but, you know, you, you do get there. Um, you, you talk about sound too, I think, even the way messages are delivered mm. and by different people at different times. Actually, sound can mean big pauses between a really strong message, you know, where it makes people stop and think and it has real power to it. And so there's all sorts of different ways to do it and create that. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a few examples. No, nice. And again, it reminds me actually the sound of, I and mean, you were saying when people are coming into, into the environment and they feel relaxed in the flow, there's an awesome video of actually Maradona, the, the football of a soccer player, um, in a pre-match warm-up. I'm not sure if you've seen this video where it's the stadium music and he's literally just doing his warm-up, laces undone, just doing keepy-ups. Like, but you can tell he's, he's in the absolute flow. And he's kind of just dancing and enjoying himself. And it's really interesting that I actually heard a, a podcast, I think it was with Matt Tuma, the, the Wallabies um, player, about his wife, I believe, is a cricketer um, for the national team. And their warm-up consisted of a lot of kind of dancing and enjoying themselves. And it, it kind of instantly, I struck a chord where I was like, oh, kind of like, if you see that in a rugby or a macho world, like it's like oh he doesn't care or he's not interested or and i just find that a really interesting point that you made there that actually everyone has their own type of flow and and why not be relaxed um pre-game <laughs> i'm sure that's an optimal state right i i i understand it because it actually took me a long time you know the first half of my career in fact the first two thirds of my career it was you know you arrive at, you're at the ground it's very serious you're very focused you've got a job to do but i think that's very much an old way of approaching it the way it is now is it's about trying to make people feel really, um, really calm. The work's been done through the week. If you've got, if you've, if you've coached well, if you've got it right, you, you, the work's been done through the week. Now it's about getting the, um, getting your team or your group, whatever it is, um, into the right frame of mind. And, and for me, I think a calm, relaxed, but still on edge um, feel in the group. And, and most importantly, a, a feeling of, of a, deep unwavering belief um and that sense of real belonging and you know, like you say the, the cricket girls here dancing and feeling part of it and and um yeah i i, I get it i i know because of of this is how we roll now 
No, that's that's good. I, I like being in the in this modern world. And who now who instigates or starts off the the kind of culture and then who runs with it? Does it change? Is it always evolving? Like who are the key stakeholders in all of this? It does always come from the top. And there are certain things that I think you, um, the top can implement early on. Things like, um, you know, like a first thing on a Monday morning, whether you've won or lost, you know, you come together and, and you have might have a fun group or entertainment committee, you know, might be four or five of the team and they come up with a little skit or a fun game or they come up, find a video that they found on YouTube, something real fun that the first thing sit down and everyone has a bit of a laugh and, and kind of makes you know, makes things kind of feel um, okay. You know, so there's little things like that. Is, and so um, that, that's often often implemented. Um, but then I think it's about having a really strong leadership group. So that's your sort of five or six, you know, seven, I suppose, um, kind of key, usually more senior guys, um, but doesn't always have to be. Guys that are going to really help drive a lot of the, the values or um, standards that are at the club. Um, and then they go about, make implementing that you know tapping guys on the shoulders and saying hey could you help us come up with a, a team song or um you know hey, hey what do you what do you think about us um or having a few beers on the weekend off and we and we organize and invite all the partners along or you know whatever it is it's it's it sort of starts to become driven within the group itself within the team itself but it but i do believe it does have to start um and be brought in from from the top um so that then uh, you know, you can always go back to the to the head coach too if need be, um, if there's if there's any issues because they're all on board. Mm. So yeah, I think um, eventually it does get driven through the team. Um, things like the music and and you find things you never thought would um never thought would happen would just will will end up happening just because the group themselves, uh, you know, are driving are driving a lot of those things. Nice and and how does this filter out of your out of your rugby life into your into your business life or your family life now? Like, what what kind of positives have you taken taken from this? Yeah, we we try and have a certain amount of uh, routine and little behaviours and rituals in our family too, which is cool. You know, we'll have a we'll have a roast meal on a on a Sunday, and the kids will know that that's our time that we'll all sit sit together and spend time together and talk about the week and um, little things like that I reckon are, are pretty cool um, uh, in terms of uh, business business life yeah I'm just I've only I'm pretty pretty young and all of that I'm sort of just learning I'm sort of tiptoeing in a little bit I'll I'd love to do some some culture stuff and time with the with the couple of little businesses I'm involved in um, but yeah we've got a great group of uh, people and and them and um yeah where i can add value I, I hopefully i can in the future no brilliant and there's there's one thing i i came across uh recently it was from i'm sure we've all seen it on netflix uh, phil jackson and the last dance and the last dance was actually a theme for the season and i and as you'll know the crusaders and and razor robertson scott robertson used rumble in the jungle for example when um ali was coming out of retirement to to face George Foreman, like now, what what does theming mean to you? And obviously, I know they're quite sacred to teams, but is there any like really cool moments or themes what have you've enjoyed, which uh, which would be worth sharing? I'm a massive fan of theming. The, the the successful teams I've been in have almost always had a had a theme aligned to them. Yeah, and so it's uh, I think you've got a. You've got to understand sort of um, 
sort of where you, where you've been, so your your, your club or, or your organisation, kind of what's gone before, what sort of what the place stands for a little bit. What what are those standards or what are the values? You know, mm-hmm. um, so sometimes sometimes there's a bit of homework to be done to figure out what what that is, and then then you can really uh, grow a pretty unique theme out of that. So I look at the Crusaders. You know, they hadn't or we hadn't won for. I can't remember what it was. It might have been seven or nine, maybe nine years. We went one for nine years, and we tried, and we've been close for a long time. And you went back, and the story of Rumble in the Jungle, Muhammad Ali. He he hadn't fought for nine years. He was world champ, and then um, hadn't fought for nine years, and then came back to, to obviously fight fight in that in that Rumble in the Jungle, and um, was able to you know win it um, after all that time. And I think that's quite a you know, it's quite a close connection with, with what the Crusaders have been through. And every week was a different fight that Muhammad Ali had gone through, you know, all about his sort of types of training. Um, some fights are gloves off and scrapping in, in an alleyway, you know, depending on what team you play, you know. And so really cool imagery around it all week. Um, uh, holds a lot of power and, and the boys sort of get real belief and buy it. You know, I talked about imagery and culture early on. You know, big yeah, big posters of Muhammad Ali up and, and some quotes of, of some of the cool stuff um, he'd said and what he believed. And it, and it all tied into a lot of the values that the Crusaders had. Um, I think and, and, and another example was probably my, the club that I've been at in Japan. Mm. We were really fortunate. Wayne Smith came along and we hadn't won a title for, uh, might have been 15 years. And we're, we're a strong, proud club in Japan, Kobe Steelers. Mm. Um, and so Smitty came in, he, he went through the same process, looked at what, what the city stood for, what the club stood for. You know, we're a hundred year old club. Uh, we'd had a massive uh, runs of success. Um, our, our club is actually a steel manufacturing company. So we, we termed ourselves the steel workers and, uh, and our company helped rebuild the city of Kobe when they had a massive earthquake in the early 90s. So oh, wow. we kind of themed it up and, and tied it all together and go, right, we are rebuilding the club. Um, we're going to get the big furnace cranked up. So we've got hot iron and uh, we're going we're gonna to pull any team into and see if they can handle the heat, see if they can stay with us. And so all of our language was based around, you know, defense was the st- a steel wall. Um, you know, a defender of the week got a big steel shield. Nice. The attacker got a, the, t- the attacker got a, a torpedo you know like it was everything was kind of was so closely connected our language um uh, what we talked about we'd show videos through the week of big furnaces and us putting in big hits and steel workers working hard in the steel factory and um we really got this massive kind of buy-in um and belief and and yeah and we put we've gone yeah, we've gone two and a half seasons straight now um you know without a loss so pretty wow. powerful and then yeah. and there's got a, there's a lot of belief and there's um it's real strong but it all just came about from kind of understanding where we'd been what we stood for and then we could really drive it drive it hard every day and um, and it's easier said than done you know you're sometimes not really sure you know a young fella comes into the environment or an old fella and you just think it's you know another club when you start understanding what it stands for and and you you know what's how, how much people care that have gone before that's when you can just get um, get so much more out of out of your team. No, that that's that's really powerful. And it almost wants you to, to you feel you just describing it there almost made me feel part of it. You know, because you you were talking with such um, 
such passion behind it. Uh, that's really cool. And, and also that's something what can be literally be done at any level, like you're right. So I'm thinking here at Yale University, the history that we have, I'm thinking of your Tuesday, Thursday coaches and clubs what have been around for hundreds of years. People might be struggling to come out for training or whatever, but if you start building a bit of a, a bit of a theme around the season, it could bring people out of the woodwork. So I think that's such a powerful, um, a powerful thing you shared there. And uh, yeah, um, thanks, thanks for sharing that. No, no, it's good, mate. I think it's it's important. Hey, I, I you get that kind of real deep care and belief into something that's bigger than than yourself and bigger than the game. Then then you can go to places that no one's ever been, and that's kind of that's what it's all about, eh? Nice. Well, I think that's a, a wonderful point to to end on, um, Andy. I know, I know you're a busy man, so I just want to say a big thank you for sharing your your rugby wisdom with me, taking the time out, and uh, yeah, wish you all the best, and hopefully we get to see you out in, on the field sometime soon. <laughs> Good man, my pleasure, Craig. Thanks for chatting, mate. Thanks, Andy. What a great pod by Andy Ellis, and I'm sure you agree. What a wonderful guy, really down to earth, really humble, and. It was brilliant for him to share stories of what he's felt in some classic, classic rugby environments. I mean, the All Blacks, the Crusaders, the Kobe Steelers, and I'm sure you picked something up. Thanks for tuning in to the Rugby Wisdom podcast. For all the other podcasts and also all my analysis work, you can visit thecontactcoach.com and you'll be able to keep up to date with everything what's going on. Thanks for listening and tune in next week.